With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Live from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk, it's an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. A dominating performance last night from the Iowa State men's basketball team as they run past West Virginia 93-68. Lindell Wigington with a big night. Culver, the rebound, but he's stripped. And here comes Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton to Wigginton in the finish. Was there any doubt? That- the call from ESPN. Wigginton finished with 28 points. Cyclones now 5-3 and three in Big 12 play. They return home to take on Texas on Saturday. The going not as good in the Missouri Valley Conference for the in-state schools. You and I, a lead against Loyola, but in the end, the Ramblers too much. A 61-60 win. Drake fell at home last night, 69-55 to Illinois State. Tonight, the 13th-ranked Iowa women face off on the road at Michigan. 5 o'clock start there. Hear the game on 1040 WHO. And tomorrow, the Hawkeye men host number 5, Michigan. The Hawkeyes looking to bounce back after back-to-back losses last week to Michigan State and Minnesota. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Willard Condon, Moy Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Wade Lookingville coming up in about... I don't know, Trent, uh, eight minutes or so. Mm-hmm. So we'll squeeze everybody in here. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, going to join the program. He is a uh, sports better, handicapper. Mm-hmm. We'll get his take. We'll do some props with him as well, how he sees the game. Uh, and then we're going to have Vinny R. We'll go live through Atlanta amongst the uh, stories Vinny has uh, penned. Uh, for SportingNews.com, is uh, he was at Roger Goodell's press conference yesterday and wrote a lot on that, amongst other things. You know, uh, worked out pretty well for Goodell. He didn't really answer the questions that everybody was wondering about the officiating. <laughs> Even though he was asked, he doesn't answer. Right. right. But that's where majority of the questions were coming from. Mm-hmm. And I saw there wasn't one question on CTE, concussions. It wasn't. Some of the other big Kaepernick came up. angles that are out there. Yeah. Got pretty good, doesn't he? Yeah. Forty million dollars a oh year. Oh my God! How about that? I know it. That's uh, what? That's crazy. He makes that much money. Forty, 40 million dollars a year. What does he do? Face of the league. What day to day? What do you think his job entails? I think he throws a lot of pens at ceilings, like Costanza did. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got the handicap stall that he goes and takes a deuce. <laughs> Sits yeah. there for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> brings a newspaper with him. What was it? Vandalay Industries, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Throws a lot of pens in this. I don't know. Trent's great question. What does he do? What it's does he egg. do? He delegates, I would think. Yes, yes. Got to do that. Right? And cashes huge checks. His wife is a television personality, I want to say. Oh, really? And I, I didn't know that. I think would know her. I'm not, I can't remember her, but I'm pretty sure he's married to someone in the news. Jane Goodall? Don't know. Well, that may, would make sense. I've never heard of Jane Goodall, but if you she was have, the monkey lady, the the what lady, the the monkey lady that lived with the chimps. 
Wasn't that Jane Goodall? I have no idea. Oh, the one that, no, that was not the chimps. That was gorillas. Gorillas. Gorillas in the mist? Gorillas in the mist. Yeah. Because that's flaunting our non-sports knowledge. (laughs) Yeah, let's get back to sports. As you can see, Uh, this is not our strength. Really. Uh, Bryce Harper is meeting with the Padres. Why? San Diego's beautiful. It is. Can they win? No. Can they win next year? Oh, absolutely not. Right. So, you know point why, being is... You know why he's beating with them. Is to run up the price Drive on one of the teams the he wants. Drive up the price, absolutely. To. to get that extra year from the Phillies or that extra $25 million tacked on. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, that's why he's meeting with the Padres. Mm-hmm. There's no intention at all. No. Just like when the Twins, because you know what happened here. I, I, I really, truly believe this is what it is. So you got the agent. Boris. Who's sitting there, not getting what he wants. Not getting the years, not getting the money. Right. He wanted this to be. Remember, maybe There's two nothing years like ago, a bidding war, Trent. If you're an agent, yes. <laughs> two years ago, there was the talk of him being a half a billion dollar player. Mm-hmm. That conversation someone, was real. It, it, someone was going to break that threshold. Well, we saw free agency dry up a year ago, uh-huh. and it's happening again this year. Is it Mike Trout that does it? I don't I think it ever maybe gets it was there. going to be Chris Bryant. I think it's somebody that we don't even know about. It's somebody that's probably in maybe. Middle school right yep, now. Potentially, yep. That's probably the guy. But he looked at the Minnesota Twins. You know, they said they were going to spend it. They haven't. Let's float this out to mm-hmm. Lavelli Neal. Mm-hmm. And let's see if he runs with it. And he did. Now let's throw out the Padres. He's not. Bryce Harper's not playing for the Twins or the Padres or the Rockies. Although the Padres brass is getting on an airplane and flying to Vegas to meet him here today. Nice trip for them, too. Yeah, that's probably for something to that, right? They'll make a stop off, yeah. maybe go see a show, yeah. have a pull. Right, it's legal. <laughs> maybe bet on the Super Bowl, they'll be yeah, back home. Lots of reasons to go to Vegas. Yes. Uh, you're 100% right. It's a win-win. You can tell the wife, hey, I got a business trip. I'm meeting Bryce Harper. <laughs> on Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. That sure. would be a stretch. That would be a stretch. Super Bowl, well, maybe, you know, maybe the wife doesn't know it's Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. Uh, before we get to uh, Wade looking, Bill, because uh, we're going to switch gears to college basketball, want to spend, we, we spent the first segment of the show almost entirely, and why wouldn't we, uh, discussing Iowa State, West Virginia from last night. Uh, just as complete a performance, certainly out of Lindell Wigington, as sure. you're going to see all season long. Um, it was uh, really never in doubt. They did take a one-point lead. you remember that, that Iowa State went cold there for a while? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was West who kept shooting three after three after three and knocking them down, and he gave them a one-point lead that was very short-lived. Uh, Prom was able to empty the bench. Horton Tucker, to me, is playing his best basketball right now. There's no doubt about that. Um, Weiler Babb just continues to fly under radars. Uh, another you know, workmanlike effort out of, uh, of Nick Weiler Babb. And watching Halliburton, who didn't do a whole lot offensively outside of what he does in the passing game, in terms of scoring, hit a three-pointer and maybe had another bucket in the game. Can you remember a guy that can impact a game so much offensively and is such a good offensive player but still doesn't need to score. Now, we've seen these games with Halliburton, of mm-hmm. course, the, the 16 assist game. Yep. And it's not like he can't score. It's not like he can't get to the. He doesn't have any limitations, yet he doesn't Scoring have to score. Scoring is secondary for him. Great way to put it. Yes. He is. He's a facilitator. He's an incredible talent. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And here's the thing he's a freshman. Yes. They, yeah, every time I look at a box score for Iowa State, he just, he just jumps off the screen. That there are four new starters in this lineup from last year. Four! Mm-hmm. 
You know, <laughs> I get the transfers, a senior, a junior, but a couple of true freshmen in Horton Tucker and Halliburton, both playing exceptionally well. Well, do you want to talk to Wade Looking Bill? Let's I see do you've it. lined him up, Wade Looking Bill, as we take a look ahead uh, to tomorrow. Michigan and Iowa former Hawkeye Wade Looking Bill joins the program. Hey, Wade, Trent and Ken, how are you? Hey, guys, thanks for reaching out. No, oh, good to have you on, Wade Looking Bill. How are you? Really good. Good. Yeah, it's tough to do. Well, uh, tomorrow night, I'm anxious to get your take on this. As as a former player, uh, you didn't play on Friday nights. This is uh, brand new territory for for the Big Ten. At least I assume that's the case, uh, going back to your career. But you know, on the surface, you know, football. They don't like to play football because that's reserved for high school football. I get that in the fall. I don't know why. It it just seems different that it's that it's not as egregious to me. It's uh, to have a to schedule a Big Ten. Uh, tilt on a Friday night. Apparently, Hawkeye Nation has, is in full support of this, as they're going to bang out the uh, building tomorrow night. But uh, have any problem with the uh, uh, with the game being held on a Friday, Wade? I don't. I don't. You know, I think um, there's so many other nights for high school basketball. You know, you can play Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Obviously, is popular, but that's changed a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Fox has got some of that Big Ten contract now. Mm-hmm. It's a Fox game. On Friday, I think it's really good exposure. Yep. You know, for Iowa, especially Michigan gets a lot of national, uh, but it's one of the few games on national TV on Friday night. And if Iowa can play well, that could, you know, help with recruits, just help with. Kind of growing the brand, you know. I think you hit the nail on the head because you know there's Horizon League, and this isn't a knock at any of the uh, you know the, the the other leagues, but there's an opportunity for the Big Ten to steal the spotlight and to steal an audience, and they will. It's all about the exposure. The Big Ten's getting a bunch of it. It seems to be so far so good. I mean, look, I find myself um, at least in previous years on a Friday, I'm not going to know basketball game that uh, moves my needle. I'm going to find something else to watch. It's been different this year. So let's let's get into uh, how important this is first of all before we get into Michigan who's really good as you know uh, but from an Iowa perspective uh, we've talked about this stretch it was going to be tough how important is it tomorrow Wade? I think they have to play well I don't think they have to win but they have to they just can't come out and be down 13 and a half you know where the, where the game is over um, they have to be competitive now Michigan's really good you know Iowa's going to have to catch some breaks and maybe get a little foul trouble with Michigan um, but but they can beat them at home they can beat them at home. I think this is a better matchup than Michigan State is, even than Purdue is. Michigan's not as physical, and they don't have, you know, they don't have, you know, first round lottery picks on this team. It's not Chris Weber and Juwan Howard, and they're pretty good, mm-hmm. but they're not, you know, they're not pros. There are some good players, but Iowa's got to play well. You know, Wade, uh, with Michigan, this has been Beeline's a great coach, and his. Certainly throughout his career, that shows a lot. But you couple that with what they've done, the change in philosophy defensively. How impactful is that to you in looking at coaches and coaches that have been around for a while and deciding, you know what, this is something that that I struggle with. This is something that my teams haven't been great with and handing off the reins to his defense. I think think John Beeline is one of the most underrated coaches. Mm. He can flat out coach. Just unbelievable. And I think he is one that has like you said, kind of Trent has you know changed his philosophy a little bit. You know he was grinded out, grinded out. And they're starting to run a little more now. They still guard on the um, on the defensive end, but um, I just think they've got really good athletes. They got that Matthews kid, the Kentucky transfer, the uh, uh, your boy Ken, the uh, the Canadian. How do you say his last? Brzezikas. Yeah, there you go. He's a good player. He might yeah. come out this year. Uh, point guard solid, but again, I think Luca Garza. This is a good matchup for him inside. I think Tyler Cook. 
Iowa's bigs might be better than Michigan's bigs. Mm, think about that. That's saying a lot, and I don't disagree with you. I love the way guards is playing this year. You mentioned the point guard, Xavier Simpson. Boy, he does it all. This He's really coming on. I, I think he's a different player now uh, than he was in the beginning of the year. He's a junior, so it's not like this is his first go-round in the Big Ten, but maybe it's a confidence thing, Wade. I mean, he's take, he's running through the lane the other night against Ohio State and throwing up hook shots for crying out loud. As a six-foot guard, you never see that. He's a really good player and a real important piece to this team. I love the way he plays. He reminds me of Carson Edwards from Purdue. Okay. That, that, that point guard that's kind of short and stocky and strong but can score, probably a score-first mentality from your point guard. But, yeah, I think, you know, if they can slow him down and, you know, again, keep people off the offensive glass, and just I think you've got to limit the turnovers. They just have too many, you know, empty possessions. And Michigan's not going to turn it over. So, all that being said, they're, they're going to play really well to beat Michigan. And, and then they go to Indiana. Who's got issues now? That they've lost, I think, mm-hmm. seven straight. Yep. Where so so that was a game a month ago that Iowa had. People said you know they had very little chance to win, but now that's one they could steal. And then they come back and they get four in a row that they probably should or could win. And even down the stretch, Ohio State's got problems. Nebraska's playing with basically three players. Um, so again, I, I think ten and ten's a number. Eleven and nine would be great, but ten and ten win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament, and they'll be okay. All right, Wade, uh, with that, Jordan Bohannon struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. How do you get him going? How do you get him involved more in the offense? Because if he's not shooting the basketball, certainly not getting the best of Jordan Bohannon. Yeah, he got that field goal with, what, 30 seconds left in yep. the Minnesota game for his only field goal, that just uncontested layup. They gave it to him, you right? Know, they've, yep. been, they've been trying to put him at the two. They've been playing Connor a lot more at the one and try to move Jordan to the two, but then they get really small really quick, and I love Jordan. I love him so much, tough kid, but on the defensive end, he, he, it's going to be a challenge, especially with a guy like Xavier Simpson, who's big and strong, and those are the things Jordan's not. Um, but they just got to get him open on the offensive end. If, if they can get him, you know, maybe even get a layup early, get that confidence up, wide open three. You know, He's a guy that can get 15 points and a half, but they 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 got to set some screens for him. They got to find a way to get him open. Hmm. What about Wieskamp, uh, who you know his last two have been well for him. Expectations are so high defensively. I mean, uh, McCaffrey sat him on the bench for a long spell. He didn't make a shot. His three points all came at the free throw line the other night. Prior to that, against Michigan State, he had five points. He's struggling to find his shot right now. Is this, you know, you hear so much about that freshman wall, or are opposing coaches realizing what uh, important role he has on this team and game planning to, you know, to prevent the freshman from getting. Off, what do you see in Weisskamp lately? Probably a little bit of both. You know, I, I think from what I hear with with Joe, he's a really subdued, quiet kid, and just almost you know borderline, just very shy, reserved. Just loves to hoop. Um, now I think he's got to be more aggressive. He, he can't go an entire first half taking one shot. He's got to shot fake, go to the basket. You know, look for your open shots, but. Isaiah Moss has been playing playing great too. Mm-hmm. You know, so right now, you want to get the, get Isaiah the ball as much as you can. But Joe does so many more things. You know, he rebounds. I think he guards. So even though he's not scoring, he's still an important part of the team. I, I, I wish he was on the floor a little more. But um, you know, there's, there's there's only five spots out there, so it's it's a challenge every game to get everybody enough minutes. 
couple more minutes with Wade Looking Bill as we look ahead to tomorrow night's tilt in the Big Ten Michigan uh, at Iowa. Um, I know you didn't play for Fran McCaffrey, but you've played enough basketball and, and had enough coaches over your career to know that I guess where I'm going is what did you what what was this week in practice like after you know, by all accounts, a real disappointing defensive effort this past week where they kind of looked like the end of the 2017-18 Hawkeye team at the defensive end of the floor. What do you think practice was like this deep in the season? I mean, can you really go hard on these guys uh, in, in the midst of a Big Ten schedule, Wade, or what do you think they did? I don't think you can. I, I get a lot of half-court stuff. You know, their bench is kind of short right now without Cordell or... Um, Oh, the kid from Indiana, that's terrible. Nungy. Uh, who's, who's registered. Nungy's registered. You know, so practices get shorter as the year goes on because you've got to have fresh legs. You've got to have fresh legs. So I, I think they go up and down enough to get a sweat going, to get, you know, some game type of situations. But this time of year, in the middle of the Big Ten season, late January, it's a lot of half-court half court stuff. And I think that I was not that bad. I don't think half-court. I think they're almost better in that zone. But it just seems like their transition defense is just it's it's really strange. Mm-hmm. Tyler Cook and I love how he plays, but he cannot find his man. It seems like coming back on defense a lot of times. Um, but I think a lot of half court stuff you can still kind of figure things out, but you can't give up fifty five points to Minnesota in, in a half. You know, <laughs> putting it mildly. Wait, listen, thank you for what you do for us. Appreciate you coming on as always. We will uh, talk to you in the weeks to come. Thank you, Wade Looking Bill. Appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Go hard. Yeah, good to talk to you. Wade looking, Bill, as he chimes in. Um, yeah, interesting point. You can't go hard on these guys. A lot of no. half court, a lot of film study, I'm guessing. They're going to mm-hmm. watch that. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, that has to be a tough watch. Did you hear Fran earlier this week talking about how it takes a, a couple of years for his players to understand his defensive system and all the different things they do? No, I didn't hear that. That's, that's, that's not good. No, that is kind of odd. Maybe change it up a little bit. Because it's not like it's his great defense. It's not Virginia. No. If, if, if Tony Bennett said that... Uh, you could buy it. You could buy it. That's his calling card. That's not this. Yeah, that's interesting, Trent. Where did you hear that? I, I missed uh, that. Press conference. Was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think earlier this week. But Do you agree with Wade? And I do. Uh, but I want to get your take that it's... it's Yeah, of course you want to win. Mm-hmm. But play well in front of the... Yeah. Carver's banged out. I mean, this mm-hmm. is Michigan we're talking about here. This is a team that played for a national title uh-huh. a year ago. And look, at it's it's either them or Michigan State. I go back and forth. One week I think Michigan State's going to uh, capture the Big Ten regular season, perhaps the tournament too. The next week I'm th- I watch Michigan play. And look, and, and here's the thing about Michigan, Trent. They don't have a superstar. Who's their superstar? Ooh. Is it Simpson? Yeah, Poole I think can, so. Poole can shoot it, but... He has off nights. Prezdikas is just a freshman. Presky's right. a nice big in the middle, but he doesn't wow you. It's Xavier Simpson. It that, is, that's yeah. the guy with what he does and what he especially does defensively, running the team, all those yeah. different things. Livers off the bench, good, yeah. nice piece off the bench. They're not overly deep by no, any means either. I, that's but a good point. They're, they're six, maybe, maybe seven. Maybe seven. Yeah, yeah, and that's about it. Speaking of uh, Michigan State on the other side, though, do you see Lankford's I out did. for the year? I did. That's a blow. Absolutely. It's a blow. I mean, they've been they've got by with it so yeah. far, but man, oh man, you'd love to have this kid when it gets to March. Trent, that's 15, almost 16 points a game right. uh, that you take out of that, um, off that team. Well, anyways. All right, so we've got Lee Sterling coming up. Yes. You know, the last time I spoke with Lee Sterling, I was sitting in this chair that I'm sitting in now. Oh, yeah? Because you inherited him when we were up the dial. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm excited to speak with him. 
Uh, we'll get him. I'm assuming next when football season rolls around, we will find a place for him, right? That's the plan, absolutely. He's very popular. And I, there's a mm-hmm. lot of handicappers out there. I, I've always had a soft spot, if you will, for Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. And then Vinny I, we're going to go to Atlanta. Uh, like many that were at the Roger Goodell press conference yesterday, uh, came away wanting more from what they mm-hmm. heard from the commission. Vinny was there. He wrote about it. He wrote about a lot of things this week. If you're a football uh, junkie, spend some time in front of your uh, iPad or wherever you get your information from, sportingnews.com. Vinny Iyer, the national NFL columnist for the Sporting News on the ground in Atlanta. He will join us before we get out of here. But Lee Sterling is next as Miller and Condon continue. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon. Sorry about that, Trent. You know how much I love this song. I know. You're going to run out of song, though, because I cut it after like 35 seconds. The audience, audience was wishing you did it after 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a good tune. Catch it is. Tune. I bet you even Lee Sterling. He's kind of, well, he is in my demographic. He joins the program. Been a long time since I've spoke to Lee Sterling. Great to reconnect with you, Lee, now that I'm back on 1460 KXNO, along with my partner, Trent Condon. How are you, Lee Sterling? Doing great. Great to hear both your voices together, and uh, hopefully... uh um, you allow me to join you for many, many years to come. Absolutely. Mentioned that at the beginning of the program. Glad to talk to you. Well, I want to ask you, and we'll get into the props, and I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. just uh, I want to get this one out of the way because, you know, expanded sports wagering, so many states now, so right. many more to come on board next year in all likelihood. Maybe the one we're doing the show from, it looks as though I was leaning that way. What's that done for you business wisely? I mean, I know guys were going to bet, regardless if it was legal or not, but have you seen an uptick in your business at Paramount Sports? A, a, a small, a small uptick and and i i think that was expected uh, obviously new jersey's a, a big state mississippi which i have to do a couple shows in uh i've seen some some double digit gains and and people are interested i'm getting a lot of calls um uh, middle of the week and even before the season people want to know how it works and uh i think it's you know positive i mean there's not going to be many people that end up becoming you know they're going to get their families in trouble i think uh, it, it's going to be a good situation. It leads to more interest in the sport. And eventually you can be able to go to, once these states get it, and, and Iowa looks like they're going to be there, Kansas, Missouri, all these states are right in line. It looks like next year we're going to see those 20 or 25 more states come on board after the initial seven. But you're going to be able to go to a game. And let's say you want to get uh, uh, a, a hot dog and, and a soda or a hot dog and a beer, uh, 10, 15 feet to the right of you, you can yeah. wager on the game. Yeah, I know. And then the biggest thing is once these states get it, is getting the mobile app. Once you get the mobile app, just you, you can sit at home, you can sit at the game and wager on it. And, you know, people are going to stay longer in games, and people are going to end up wanting to go to more games because uh, it, it's going to spark that interest. You can, you know, let's say give a favorite player. You don't, you know, there's people out there that are not into teams, like, for instance, LeBron James. I, I have a couple friends that whatever team LeBron's on is their favorite, they can wager on the over-under on how many points he's going to score in a game, how many assists, uh, 
you know, that, that's what I think is going to make this, uh, this great, what's going to take place in the next year or two. Lee, is that the next great frontier in-game wagering? I know it is something that is a part of the menu, but going forward, is that maybe Pandora's box where this business goes from huge to, to an even greater, greater level with that in-game wagering? Oh, I think so. I think so because you can, you know, used to be years ago, all you could do is wager on the game or the total. Then you had the halftime wagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you can do it. Let's say one team scores first and you didn't want to lay, let's say, seven points. You, let's say Iowa's playing Minnesota, they're laying seven, and, and Minnesota scores first, and then the line is only two and a half, and then you say, okay, now's the time to jump on board. Uh, or play the player props, or guys getting ready to punt, and you can say, oh, you know, well, let's say they're punting from, uh, I was punting from Minnesota's 45, the over-under is going to be 35 on, on the distance of the punt. You can wager on that. That's what's going to make it so great. Well, Lee, speaking of those prop bets and in-game wagering, it is Super Bowl weekend. With the countdown clock continuing to Super Bowl 53, I know you've been studying these different places. I saw, I think, uh 450 props that were up at the Superbook. Chris Andrews, who we talked to yesterday out at uh, South Point, they had over 300. There's a lot of different areas here. I know you've been digging in. What have you found? What what are you liking right now as we sit here on Thursday uh, late morning? Well, I, I never do the coin toss. I, I just never have done that. Um, I mean, some people do that. A lot of people. By it, but uh, here's the thing. When you do proposition wagers, the juice starts at 15%. So, you know, let's say there's some of them out there that are 30 or 40% mm. juice. So do you, do you want to wager on 20 or 30? I say no, because what happens is eventually the juice eats you alive. But you can pick 8 or 10 and have some fun with it and still win. Uh, I like the national anthem. I like the over here. The over-under is 147 with Gladys Knight. She's from Atlanta. I think they're trying to trick you. There's If you Google on YouTube, uh, Gladys Knight national anthem, there's only one up. And it's an audio version in 1991, almost 28 years ago. It's over two minutes, but from the start of her singing till uh, she stopped singing is only a minute 31. I think they're trying to fool you. Uh, my daughter sings a bunch of national anthems for NBA teams and some Major League Baseball games, and she understands voice, and she says she's 74. She's going to be 75 May 28th, they're going to try to make a spectacle out of it. She's going to try to, you know, expand on it. And uh, I, I think she's going to go way, way over. I think that's free money at plus 120. Uh, an interesting one is Tony Romo. Uh, over, under, and correctly predicting plays, seven and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with the under. I think he had a great game in the uh, conference championship. It's going to be a little bit tougher uh for one of the teams that he hasn't seen a whole lot and done many of their games, even though I'm sure he'll study a bunch. Uh, Donald Trump, you can go over under the number of uh, tweets that he'll tweet on Super Bowl Sunday anytime uh, for that 24-hour period. It's over under six, and and I'm hearing there he's even also uh, thinking about a prop, adding a prop at uh, uh, the Westgate of uh, misspellings. How many misspellings in his tweets in the over under? would be two and a half. That would be interesting. Uh, here's one I like, and I think it might happen. Will a fan run onto the field mm. during the game? Doesn't have to be a streaker, just mm-hmm. a fan. Remember when New England played Carolina, it was in Houston. It was the first time they had it in Houston. And this is the you know, first time they've had big, big event, big first Super Bowl in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So uh, remember that guy? He took off 
uh, first layer of clothes, and he had officials' clothing under, <laughs> yes, underneath. Yes, I don't remember that. Yeah, he was right. He was right behind the goalpost. Uh, so maybe something like that. Uh, that guy hasn't made his appearance in a while. Give me. It's anywhere from plus eight hundred to, to plus ten to one. I like that. And uh, uh, how about with the officials? Uh, uh, that's been a big hot topic. Uh, will there be a roughing the passer penalty in the game? I'm going to go yes. I, I think they always seem to protect the quarterback at plus 105. And will any touchdown be overturned by a replay? Mm. I'm going to say after a really tough conference championship, uh, both games, I'm going to say no at minus 220. They'll, they, they'll finally get it right. Yeah, a lot of pressure on the officials in this one, no, no doubt about that. Lee, I'm going to get your game pick in a minute, but just uh, you know, go back to the season, if you would, both college and football. Everybody has the team that they're zeroed in on, they're locked in, that they, they've been right on this team. The majority of the weeks, who was that team for you this year? And on, conversely, on the other side, who was the team that just you know made you pull your hair out? Who gave you nightmares, either college or NFL? So who were you zeroed in on, and who did you miss? more often than not? Well, I think it, it played more true to form than most seasons. That's, okay. that's one of the things that I noticed. The uh, team that really improved late in the season was the Florida Gators. I mean, this is a team that was in disarray the year before. In one season, I mean, you saw it. They did, that, you're right. I mean, they could do absolutely nothing. They were unwatchable on offense, and Dan Mullen did a great job, and he's recruiting, and uh, he's the end of the season, they just absolutely dismantled yep. Michigan. So I know Michigan had a few players out, but I think Florida had almost as many. Uh, team, I think people thought uh, I was a little surprised wasn't as good was Washington. Uh, just you know, when I watched that team, I thought Jake Browning was going to be one of these guys from his freshman to his senior season. Mm-hmm. Hurt through some people, and sometimes you get some great intel that his his arm was 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 back to where it was and stronger than ever. Um, he was not he was not up to uh, what I thought he should be, and uh, they just could not beat a good team. And then then one other team was Michigan State. I thought Michigan State was going to be really good, but they had a bunch of injuries at quarterback, running back, and receiver, and uh, they never seemed to put it together either. Let's get into Sunday, Lee Sterling. Where can people go find out more information for the Super Bowl? What do you have for us? Well, just go to my website, ParamountSports.com. Uh, how about this? Usually we sell the Super Bowl, the top 10 prop plays for 147. I, I wanted to do it at half price this year. I want to get a lot of people involved. I know if I win for them, they're going to want to maybe join me for the basketball. We've only had two losing weeks the entire season in basketball. And uh, how about this, just $77. You'll get my <laughs> Super Bowl selection, and we've won seven of the last ten years on the Super Bowl and also my top ten prop plays. And uh, I rate my games uh, normally from 10 to 50 units. We had a hun- first ever 100-unit play in the NFL this year. We had a game Green Bay over Miami, laying nine, nine they won by 18. And then uh, I'm going to release on Saturday my first ever 75-unit play in college basketball. You can purchase that game individually $47. You want to get my football selection for the Super Bowl and also my biggest play ever, college basketball for Saturday, just $97. It's all available, ParamountSports.com. Thank you, Lee Sterling. Great to reconnect with you again. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Yep, uh, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll head to Atlanta. Final segment, Vinny R. Sporting News joins us next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNM. <laughs> Live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. I 
guy stepped all over Lee Sterling when he was putting the uh, uh, the length of the national anthem on? Yeah, I think I talked. It was. I think he said one forty seven. One forty seven. I think is where he saw it at the Westgate. Maybe that's what he said. Westgate. Yeah. So, anyways, apologize to the audience for that. One forty seven. Um, shame on me. Uh, let's go to Atlanta, shall we? Vinny Iyer, Sporting News. He joins the program. He's in the. He's in Atlanta covering the Super Bowl uh, for the Sporting News, as he does most years. One of their national NFL guys, and Vinny joins us. Vinny Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, Vinny? Are you enjoying Super Bowl week? You've been busy at the. Sporting news. Yeah, just uh, wandering around, uh, checking out all the action. Uh, the Rams finished up their media work for the week. Uh, the Patriots will be finishing theirs up this afternoon. A lot of uh, storylines and uh, kind of uh, narratives that have uh, developed here during the week. Here we have the Brand Cooks going up as, against his former team. Yep. We have uh, Akeem Talib and uh, Wade Phillips trying to win another Super Bowl here uh, with that defense and. Uh, is Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue going to win the game, or is it going to be the offensive line of the Patriots? Or is it going to be the old school Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, or is it going to be the new school Sean McVay and Jared Goff? So all kinds of things going on at play, a lot of opposites, uh, and uh, should make for a very good game. Yeah, a lot of storylines, no doubt about it. One of the storylines, I guess, is uh, it was a storyline that became a storyline just because Roger Goodell, who and you were there and you wrote about it uh, at the Sporting News, uh, by, by by what wasn't said for the most part. Uh, I, I got the feeling, Vinny, and you were there, uh, that a lot of the media felt that kind of like a waste of time. Is that unfair? Yeah, it, it was. And then uh, now you have the report that a lot of Saints said uh, they never heard from him. I, I guess uh, his way of saying the Saints might be just the coach or the owner and maybe not the players and addressing them in any way. So uh, I think maybe there's an interpretation that's uh, open there that he actually talked to them and really was the heartfelt and felt their concerns. It was more, sorry, our bad. And it seems like that was the case. And I, I didn't feel like any of the things that they talked about, the extra technology, the extra official, making uh, judgment calls, the reviewable, I didn't feel like any of that seemed to have any optimism that he would go forward and uh, make a change there. So with all that happening, of course, the big question is going forward with the competition committee, will there be a change? After talking to the people that you have, Vinny, do you anticipate that there is going to be some kind of rule change, being an extra challenge for plays like that? Uh, reviewable for pass interference. Do you think there's a change on the horizon for next football season? I don't. I don't see it happening, especially on the reviewable thing, because they talked about the non-call factor that you'd be basically causing someone to throw a flag when they didn't throw a flag. Because then I think it opens the interpretation for any plays, and I think that's what coaches are afraid of that that every little thing you can replay in a crucial situation. And you're not going to get away with anything. It's going to get micro. You're going to have to have more challenges, of course, to battle that as well, or a lot of different things you have to adjust to that. So I think a lot of coaches are also reluctant because they want their style of play if they're a little bit of physical team defensively, and uh, they can get away with some things that they want to be able to get away with those things. 
Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is our guest. Vinny, uh, I thought you hit one of the uh, the, the real storylines of the game um, a minute ago when we first came on, and that's the Talib Wade Phillips. Uh, Talib is such a, a good corner. Uh, he's still, I mean, he's maybe lost kind of a, a half a step from his from his prime. He was, you know, he was really good in, uh, in New England. He was better in Denver. He missed a lot of time this year, but they're a better secondary when he's been on the field, which I think has been about ten games, including the playoffs this year. They had Brady's number in the AFC Championship in 2015. Uh, Tom Brady gets rid of the ball so darn quick. Who do you think Talib is going to be asked to try and eliminate or? Or um, that's what we did to Mike Thomas last week. Who's who's he going to? Uh, who's going to draw? Uh, who's he going to draw this week? I think it has to be Rob Gronkowski. I know he's not the same type of player, but in terms of size and able to match up and get physical and get his face, slow down his route out of uh, the line of scrimmage. I think it has to be him, and because you don't have that traditional outside deep threat, your best right. receiver here is Julian Edelman. The second best receiver is probably James White out of the backfield. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it might be a situation. I think that's a question. How much is Marcus Peters going to see the field? And are they going to be brave enough to just say, okay, we're not going to play you on the field, put Nikel Roby Coleman in the slot, have him go after Edelman, uh, maybe uh, add an extra uh, linebacker in there to try to cover, or have a LaMarcus Joyner worry about uh, uh, what James White can do. So it's non-traditional Patriots offense. So you know if they do that, then – all of a sudden, Phil Dorsett and Chris Hogan and uh, maybe even Cordero Patterson are going to get involved as receivers here. And uh, one thing about Tom Brady and Phil Dorsett, when that connection is going, and uh, we thought of him as a speedster when he was drafted, uh, just a home run threat, but he's been a good red zone threat and a short possession guy when he's wide open as well. So Phil Dorsett actually could be one of those guys, unsung mm-hmm. heroes of this uh, game because of all the attention that uh, you're going to get uh, the big three, Gronk, Edelman, and James White. Vinny, we know about, obviously, Jared Goff and, and the numbers that he's been able to put up with his head coach, McVay. you got Belichick on the other side. Do you anticipate, you know, obviously McVay can talk to him in the headset until there's 15 on the play clock. Do you expect maybe the Rams go even a little bit more up-tempo and not get Belichick when that when that communication turns off a chance to adjust things on the defensive side for the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, they're going to try to mix things up as much as possible. They're going to throw his wrinkles as much as possible. Maybe one would be maybe Jerome Edelman lining up outside and uh, or a drunk um, going outside so they can open up the middle of the field if uh, Tlaib is drawn there. And so I think, yeah, you, they want to keep the matchups as consistent as possible. And the way you do that is to go fast and uh, get rid of the ball quickly and uh, let Tom Brady just uh, find a couple matchups he really likes. Uh, Vinny I from the Sporting News. Couple more minutes, Vinny. Will uh, the the uh, Patriots' offensive line, as you mentioned, uh, that's one of the storylines is trying to you know keep Aaron Donald or Indomitian Sue or Brockers off the edge or even Dante Fowler uh, keep Brady upright, and they've been able to do that so far in this playoff run. Uh, this Rams defense is really good. Will they be able to protect Tom Brady and give him enough time, uh, or is that maybe as big of an uh, a big of a storyline potentially going into the Super Bowl as any other? Well, I think uh, I'm gonna, for all the people that want to see the game within the game, I like to go nitty gritty. I, I think you look at one matchup that it's probably going to decide this Super Bowl: Aaron Donald and Dom Kinsu versus uh, Joe Thune, uh David Andrews, and also uh, Shaq Mason. There, your three interior linemen for the uh, 
Patriots there and uh, what they can do and they, can they control the middle of the field and uh, if they can get the job done there and uh, really take Aaron Donald out of the game and the Patriots can run the ball and run the ball means also less pass rush because uh, they'll get in the shorter passing situations Brady's the comfort zone like he was against the Chiefs then it's going to be over and the Patriots are going to score at will in this game. All right, Vinny. Well, we've talked about all the different things that can happen. What's your prediction? What will happen? Your pick for Super Bowl 53. Yeah, I, I do like the Patriots because they're able to run the ball. They've zagged when everyone else is digged and thrown the ball yeah. like nuts, but they realize, hey, you're going to play some defensive backs and worry about the greatest quarterback of all time. We're going to see your soft uh, zones and run on them. So that's what I expect uh, from the Patriots here to uh, – be able to run the ball and win the game, and I like them 34-27. So a good game, though, close game, in your opinion. Yeah. I mean, do the Patriots play any other kind? <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Vinny Iyer, Northwestern grad, uh, he joins us uh, all season long and during the off season as well. Vinny, thank you for what you do for us. I appreciate you coming on live from Atlanta. Yep, have a good one, guys. Good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer, SportingNews.com, SportingNews.com. Mark down another one. Mm-hmm. For the Patriots, although we it's had swinging back the Patriots way swinging early on in the back. week, it, you think that has something to do with just people, their tendency. Right early in the week, you're hopeful the Rams, mm-hmm. and, but then the more you, you think about it as the week goes on, mm-hmm. Patriots are you try and outthink yourself, Trent. Yeah. You've been on the Rams from the get go. I'm still, I'm still there. I'm not changing. But that, I want to see Whitworth win a Super Bowl. Okay, I can. That's buy that. that's one of my big facts, yeah. and I like Talib and Wade Phillips. Got local guys on both sides. So yeah, you can't really yeah, go that no, avenue. Nope. Um, yeah, we had Blythe, so we did have him. Mm-hmm. Does he get the Miller and Condon bump? I'm not sure there is such a thing. Well, we will find out Sunday. Uh, <laughs> so it's all it's all dependent it's all, on the it's Super all on Bowl. that. Man, no pressure. Two days, twelve hours, thirty four minutes and twenty five seconds as we talk right is now. Is that what it is? You got a clock in front uh, of you? Doing? One of the uh, websites I clicked on had a countdown yeah. clock, so I kept it up. All right, so tonight we've got one game in the Big Ten. There's no Big Twelve games. Nope. It's um, is it Purdue Penn State? Purdue at Penn at State. Penn State. So yeah. that at least adds a layer of intrigue. Did you see the number? Seven. Seven. Taking the home team. Thinking about it. If so, I make a bet, it would be there. You'd, you'd take the points. All yes. Right. Gotcha. Now, Dion's on tonight. What's it called? The double play, the 30 for 30? So this deals with, and I wasn't sure until I was reading a little something, a preview yesterday. Okay. I didn't know if this was just about him playing both sports. This is more about the day where he tried to play both a baseball they, and football. The helicopter ride day? Yes. I remember that day. It was, uh, it was the, uh, the night game was, well, it was baseball. It was at night. Mm-hmm. Where was he? Where were the Falcons? Because he had to take a helicopter. And he sure. Have... I don't know where they were. Well, no. you know what? I'm going to find out tonight because I'm going to watch it. It's not a great night for sports. No, it isn't. The, the Big Ten tilt, I'll try and watch it a little bit. My Jets yeah. play the Blue Jackets, so I'll watch that. Uh, and then probably the, the 30 for 30 because they're so good. They're so good. NBA? Nope. Still too nope. early for you? No, I've been watching the Timberwolves. They had you a nice win last night. Cat with a game winner, buzzer beater. I uh, watched some of them last night, texting back and forth with my boy. Speaking of NBA, I know one of our listeners will be happy about this. The Toronto Raptors? They're in action on TNT tonight against the so Greek So she'll Freak. get to see the, oh, the yes. Greek Freak on, the, on NBA uh, TV. On uh, TNT. Oh. Yeah. 7 o'clock, Milwaukee at Toronto. No, I'm out. <laughs> Still can't do it. Still can't do it. Philly, Golden State no. for a quarter, late night. Mm. The other TNT game. 
I mean, maybe. Maybe. Hockey-wise? I'm going to watch the Jets and the Blue Jackets. That's it. Jets still in good shape? Yeah, but Patrick Laine's not. There's problems in the peg. Oh, really? The chosen one is on a horrendous goal-scoring slump. Ooh. It's not good. They're still winning. Well, it sounds like one of the natives is certainly restless over there. Yes, this one. Yes. (laughs) That's my guy. That's the one that's going to lead us. I thought that no one will ever wear number 29 again when he's all said and done. Are the Wild going to make the playoffs so I can care in April? Yes. Okay. Uh, Yes. Tight? Yes, they're going to slide in. Here's the thing. It's the Jets and it's Nashville, mm-hmm. and then there's three teams for two spots in that division with a wild card. It's the Stars, it's the Lanch, and it's the Wild. So the Wild have a chance. I think they're going to get in. I think they're going to get in. Get me through April. Yeah, I think the Stars are the of the three. I think the Stars are on the outside looking in. And they'll get bounced in the first round as always. Yeah, well, if they do, they're going to be playing the... Oh, mm-hmm. It's an easy trip up to Minneapolis. It is. Yes, it is. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got a ton of football guests. We've also got Tom Cakert on the Hawks and Michigan, Dylan Monts on Texas and Iowa State, all of our NFL guests. Hope you can join us. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.